Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Now That's Art with me, your host, Mike Ruby. So grateful for all the new listeners, all the support, the great feedback. We've been enjoying all of this. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. This episode is gonna is easily my favorite. It's with my mom, actually. I was going back and forth on whether to post this. I recorded this a while ago. I think it still stands, and um, I think it has some really great stuff in it, and I really do think it's going to help someone out there. At least I hope it will, and it really ca- encapsulates this true essence of this show. want to definitely give a shout-out to my mom for doing this. Also, if there's any feedback or new interview you know, would like to be interviewed, send that to now. That's art, P-O-D, pod at gmail.com. That will be much appreciative. Always love to be interact with people there. So lastly, give us a, a like or a rating on anywhere you're listening to this. It really does help this podcast getting out to other people. So I appreciate that as well. So without further ado, my mom. biggest role model, my biggest inspiration, Miss Doreen Massey, my mother. Hi. Hi. Hey, Mike. (laughs) So, Mom, how long have we known each other? 31 years. That's great. How was the first time we met? When I looked at you when you came out of me. (laughs) Go. Hey. Yeah, you said, hey. Mm -hmm. So, I've wanted to speak with you. This may get aired, this may get not, but this is definitely something uh, that I wanted to do. And what I wanted to talk to you about is just to kind of see how you decided to do what you wanted to do and how did that come out and what was the challenges and what's, you know, how you decided who you were. And so based off of that, how old were you when you decided that you wanted to do what you wanted to do? And what was that? Well, I originally wanted to be a flight attendant, but I was too short, and mom, my mom and dad said you couldn't go to Florida to the flight school because it was too expensive and too far. So it turned out I wasn't going to even be accepted, so that was a no, you know, not going to happen with that. And my dad always was like, just be a secretary. That's all you need to be. But I always knew that I wanted more than that. I was like, I don't want to be a secretary. I just did not like it. But that's Other people want to be secretaries, and that's great. But I always hated my job, and I always wanted to do something different. And then um, I went, moved to Florida, and I went to work in a hospital. And one day I walked through an emergency room, and I was like, what is this place? I said, this is just awesome. There was people running around. There was all kinds of action. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing. So I quit the job as the administrative assistant and became a registration clerk in the ER. And I was like, this is what I want to be. I wanted to just like get into that area. And then I was watching the nurses and they would, oh my gosh, it was so amazing watching them in action during the traumas and shootings. And I was like, I think I want to be a nurse. But then the back of my mind, I also wanted to be a firefighter. So in the midst of trying to be a firefighter, I um, met up with some friends and they were like, you need to go to nursing school if you love it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do it. So this one a person I met, she had two children. She was a single parent, which I was also a single parent raising my two children. She encouraged me to go back to school. And I was like, how do you do that? I work 70 hours a week. I, I don't think I could go to school. And she's like, well, you just have to go and do it. So I made a decision to cut back my hours. And I went to work during the day doing construction and worked in the ER at night part time so that I could go to school. 
and then I went to school in between classes doing the construction work. So um, two and a half years was an uh, ASN program, and I graduated with my Florence Nightingale candle crying as I, I walked across that stage because it was very t hard to get to that point of having that degree, raising the two kids, and oh my gosh, it was so it was hard. I did a lot of side jobs and part-time jobs and remodel jobs and cleaning jobs. And I remember my last house I cleaned, I laid, I got off of work at 7 o'clock in the morning and I went to the house to clean it. I was like, I'm going to lay on the couch today. So I laid on the couch and uh, I said, this is going to be the last toilet bowl I cleaned. That's amazing. And I cleaned that toilet bowl and I walked out, I left and I graduated from nursing school. And then I moved to Georgia where I, I um, had a job set up for an internship program in the emergency room. And um, I went there, and I started. I went through the internship, and then I worked nine and a half years as a ER nurse. And don't give don't give the ending away because you then go do that, and there's a lot there. That's amazing. Yeah. That story of choosing each of those decisions that you made, you chose to go into nursing. And what was it that originally you walk into the ER and you see all this commotion? What was it that you were looking at? Just people in action. They looked like it was just so, I mean, they were helping save a life. It was just like, you know, seeing them, you know, get the paddles out and shocking someone and nurses running from room to room. And it was just like, this is so exciting. It was just really somewhere I knew I wanted to be. So the the thought of helping people. Yeah. Yeah. One just, that's, I mean, that's like my life is just, uh, when I help people, I'm so happy. It just makes me happy. When did you figure out helping people made you happy? Well, after I went into the emergency room and actually become, I became a tech, and I was a tech in oncology, and I was a tech on the in the emergency room as I went to nursing school also, and um, I met this amazing guy that was just so 25 years old. It's it's just heartbreaking and dying from cancer and being in the hospital from the day he went in there in August and then dying in March. Never went home and ended up dying of cancer. And I knew that I went. I used to go in on my it's very hard. When I kids to talk about it, I could just cry because it's just such a touching thing. He was mm. suffering, and I used to go there in my days off and go up with the kids and bring him ice cream and talk to him and rub his back. And, and the, you know, he always used to say, well, when I get out of here, I'm going to take you somewhere. We're going to go to dinner for you being so nice to me. And he never got out of there. He got he made it to the hospice floor and mm. ate some peanut butter jelly sandwiches, which he loved. and. He ended up dying in the hospice for 25 years old. It was, mm. And I knew that I wanted to just help people. I said, this is my life. I want to be there and take care of people. And, and I've been doing that since. I just love it. I want to take care of people. Wow. Wow. Going through that and because you helped him, but you, you know, really didn't because he didn't survive. But you know, in the sense of health care. But, but I did help Scott. Cause he's, and then how did you help his him? His yeah. family, so he got diagnosed. His girlfriend left him for his his, his brother. Mm. His No one ever came and saw him. He was in this hospital bed. Nobody came to see him. And I said, where are your family members? How come no one comes to see you? And I was so mad at them all. And the day that Scott died, when he was down in hospice, I was in nursing school. And I was finishing my clinical. And I promised him that I would come and see him. So I, by the time I got to the room, it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The room was packed with people. And I walked to the bed. And Scott, they said, he, he's in a coma. He, he's, he was getting ready to die. And um, they said he hasn't opened his eyes. He hasn't spoken. And I walked to the bed. And I took Scott's hand. And I said, Scott, 
I said, it's Doreen. I said, I came to say goodbye to you. And he opened his eyes up and he looked at me and he said, thank you for coming. He said, I love you, you know, to, as a friend. And I, talked, I, I just broke down crying and his family just sat there and he was just waiting for me to come to say goodbye to him. And I feel like I helped him because even though I wasn't a nurse, I was a tech. And when I first met him, he wouldn't even talk to me. He was, I said, do you want a back rub? I don't want no back rub. And he said, get out of my room. <laughs> I mean, because he, he was bitter. I mean, 25 years old and you're diagnosed that you're going to die. Gosh. It was just so imagine. heartbreaking. And, I, and every time I talk about that story, I just, I just, I could close my eyes and I could see him in that bed. Wow. And he opened his eyes up and just looked at me. And I knew that nursing was my calling. Wow, that's amazing. And when you, how old were you? Did you say you were 20? I was 29 when when I uh, met, when I was 28 when I met Scott and I turned 29 in January, died so in March. You, so uh, you had Jeff and I, my brother. Yeah, yeah, I had two brother. kids. Mm -hmm. And so you, you guys used to come to the hospital and see him with me. And you used to do this on your day off. Yeah, I used to get off of work and go pick you guys up from the babysitter and go back up there to wow. see Scott. Because he was just so, he, nobody came to see him. I just don't understand. Wow. And we don't know much about Scott and no. his family. No, I didn't know anything about his family. That's all I knew is that they'd never shown up. They didn't never come to see him. Wow, that's an amazing story. And so what I see or what I am hearing is that you, before this, you didn't really know this, that you wanted to help people or this was so monumental in your life. What, what, am I right in saying that? Well, I, I knew that I liked the excitement and stuff. And then, um, you know, cause my sister, when I was a young girl, my sister had her child in the seventies and I remember she had the retained placenta. So she ended up hemorrhaging. And I remember these people charged the room and just like whooshed her out of the room and she was gone. And I was like, wow, that was so cool. So I always knew in my heart, like even trying to be a firefighter, I knew I wanted to help people. Right. I mean, I was always had a job where I wanted to try to help, you know, and I, and I never was happy with my jobs because I just knew that wasn't what I wanted. You know, this being the secretary, right. like Papa said, learn shorthand, learn how to type. I was like, I don't want to do that because my dad and mom were very yeah, wh old Yeah, what is school. your mom and dad like and who are they? Like, well, they just—they were just an old school. They didn't think women. My dad never understood why I went to nursing school. And then when yeah. I went back to school, he said, "What, Dorina? Don't you make enough money? What else do you want?" I said, "It's not making money, Dad." I said, "I want to do more." I said, "I want to now." I said, "Now I know how to be a nurse. I want to <laughs> actually take care of the patient. I want to do procedures. I want to actually be the healthcare provider for them." and take care of them. I said, he just never understood it. He's like, what more do you need? I said, I don't need anything. I said, I'm doing this because I want to help people and I want I want to be able to do more right. in nursing. Do you felt like that was coming from a, like, a woman can't do these jobs or or I'm he, protecting you as a daughter? And no, he just, so that my family was just really backwards. Like the man goes to school and the girl doesn't. So like my boys, went, like my brothers went to college. My dad could never understand why I wanted to go to college and, and do this. But then he was so proud of me when when I did this. Like he was, when he was That's in the hospital, he would be like, my daughter's the nurse practitioner. He always let everybody wow. know that I was a nurse practitioner. So he never. Um, so how did you choose when your dad is telling you one thing? And you do something different, you know. I had to because I was like, I hated being a secretary. And I knew that I wanted to help people. And you knew that I knew what you wanted was true to you. And even though your dad didn't get it, you did it anyway. Yeah. Well, nursing, I, I didn't know I wanted to be a nurse until one of my friends was like, Doreen, you love seeing the nurses. You love the nurses. Go be a nurse. I was like, that is a good idea. I wanted to be a firefighter. 
I want, but that's also helping people. Yeah, the 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 so, firefighter story. I've heard it a couple times. I was, and a, I, was I would love to hear it again. But oh God, I love the being a woman. Because tell it from the perspective of your woman trying to help people and make it into this. What year are we in? 2020. No, I know what year we're in now. Yeah. Oh, but what, what year, year were oh, we back in then? Back when you're, you're a firefighter. Oh, but I was trying to be a firefighter in the early 90s, and uh, it was so early it was 90s, very hard. Talk um, about it, that story. That's a yeah, great story. Hard. It was hard. Well, I, I went for two. I went to two different places, and I took the agil- I took I did the written exam and scored very high on the written exam, and then I got to the agility on two different occasions, and one of them, I hit my head going up the, um, it, we had to do, like, climb this tower, and then when I got to the top and bent over to drop the ropes out the window, they had a metal box on the wall, and I hit my head on the, uh, blood was coming out of my head, and I was like, I'm not finished, I've got to finish my agility test, and I've, I finished the whole test, blood pouring down my face, everybody was clapping, come on! I was dragging that 150 pound body through the burn building. And you're the only man. The only no, woman. there was women there. Oh, there were women. There were women, but the, the, they were very the way they did. I think they were really, um, yeah. They a lot of the guys that weren't women to be firefighters with that de- decade. And one guy even said to me, he goes, "The reason I'm not a firefighter is because all these women keep trying to take the test." So I turned around and looked at him. I said, "Hey," I said. Oh Gosh. You know what? I said, not only am I a woman, I said, I'm also half Hispanic. So, and, and I was like, you know, so I was just like, so I made sure I turned around and I said that right to his face because he kept complaining about women being firefighters and taking the men's jobs. And so I made it all the way to the agility test and I hit my head. I, they said I could reschedule my swim, which I should have, but I practiced so long hard to be, to do that swim that I ended up, I, I, because of the head injury, I got out of the pool and I was like three seconds under and they told me to go home. And it was the most heartbreaking thing. I went oh to bed and I laid in that bed for, oh my gosh. And you, you and Jeff kept coming over. What's the matter, mommy? I said, nothing. And I cried and cried and cried. And then the next time I made it all the way to the interview. So there was two 2,000 people that applied that took the test and and the agility test. I was top of the class for the agility and top of the class for the written exam. Made only 200 people I interviewed. And the whole time I was in that interview, the man kept asking me, so, you, you know, you have to sleep in a place with guys. And I was like, I was raised with six brothers. It's no problem. You know, um, I don't know what you're going to do with your children. I said, I have excellent babysitters. So I really feel like the guy just didn't want to give me that job. That's crazy. So I went through the whole interview, did all of that, and never got the job. So I feel like there was a lot of, you know. That's great. Uh, like a, like a like only men could do this job. Only men can uh, be a firefighter. Only men, men have yeah, because children. Because I was a single parent. Like well, where men are you going to put your parents. children? Yeah, men, men so have the same then, issues. So I never I never got a phone call back wow. from them. Never got it, and they made it all the way to the interview. So despite you beating so the agility, just, yeah. you didn't get the job. And and high score on the test, wow. and made it all the way to the interview. There was only wow. 200 people out of 2,000 people that got interviewed, and I never got it. And that was the Boca Raton Police Department. And this department. must, and this crushed you the second time. Yeah. Well, then I was just like, I, well, I made it in my mind. I said, if I don't get it this time, I'm just going to go to nursing school. I said because I do love nursing, and so I, my friend was like, just get into the program. She was, she was, a, she was a hard worker. Her daughter had spina bifida. She was a single parent. Oh God, she was a hard working woman. Wow, hard working woman. So it's just, you know, her and I were like two peas in the pod. We worked together, just, you know, worked tons of hours. We worked nights in the ER registration, putting ourselves to school and all these other jobs. It was was a hard road, but she became a nurse and I became a nurse. That's the, uh, those are the friends that you keep for a long time. Yeah. So tell me, like you have the, you you each, I've seen 
I'm seeing you have a thing in, that you want to do. You, you know you want to help people. You, you know that's a feeling that's, that, 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 that has become the most prominent in your life. And that's the art that I've seen you do raising me and my brother, Jeff, and Kelsey, my younger sister. Also, just everybody you meet. You've been doing healthcare for 30 years. At what point did that thought of, I'm going to help people like this, and meeting failure along the way, because you, you didn't get the firefighter, you got kind of singled out because you're a woman, you didn't get the, it the second time, you want to be a nurse, and you know I'm sure there's trials and tribulations all throughout that story. What 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 keeps come what what do you keep coming back to to keep you seeing yourself in the future, and how do you keep making that decision to keep doing that? Well, I mean, I, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't feel like going to work today, but I never ever miss work. And I, when, the minute I get to work, and I walk in a room and start taking care of a patient, and they they're like, oh, thank you so much, thank you, and people are so appreciative that you listen to them, that you take care of them, that you're thoughtful to care about other things that are going on with them, to say you're sorry when someone says, you know, I, I don't feel well or I hurt something, and uh, you know, just uh, just to see them and and like kids and see their happy faces, I just love. You love love, helping people. I love it. I love it. But I'm talking about before you actually became the professional that you are. Like getting to that point, what what is driving you to keep going back to just helping people? I I, I just I knew I knew I wanted to do more. Yeah. So and I and the years that I worked in the ER watching the physician suture and uh, you know and as you become a nurse and you're doing this you'd start diagnosing the patient i knew that i just wanted you just to, knew this this is yeah, something I that just you said, just knew i want to go back to school and then it was a long i went to the when i found out how many more classes i needed oh my gosh from just the associate of science degree to a bat so i still had to get a bachelor of science and a master's in science and it was like 10 prerequisites for the bachelor class then the bachelor program, and then apply for the nurse practitioner program. And I had a hard time in the nurse practitioner program because I was from New York going to school in Georgia with a, with people that were just, um, I'm not going to say they were prejudiced against me because I was from New York, but I just talked different. And, and they, I would, they actually called me a racist because I was talking about helping the Spanish community with communication in the emergency room. And they called for you one a racist of my for that? One of my, yes. Wow. For one of my, and I was like, my grandmother died not speaking English. How am I racist? I was trying to explain, and I used the term these people. And this lady, I said, we need to help these people with, commu- with um, like, Trying to, I was talking about a phone system, the AT&T phone system, where you could talk and get an interpreter on the phone to communicate to patients. And I was like, we need to help our patients and stuff. And I said, I used the term these people. And this woman was like, you're a racist. I said, racist? I said, there's not a racist bone in my body. I just, oh, that was just horrifying. But, but she and everyone in my classroom was just like distraught with what happened. They were like, we're so sorry because I'm just like, I'm not that person at all. And I was like, this woman clearly was just, she was born and raised in Georgia, and she just did not like me because I was from New York. So what, what, I'm sure what, that's where this that's all stemmed from. And, and that, there's so many instances like that in our lives. Oh, it's crazy. But and I was like, I was going to drop out of school because she had me so sad that, wow. you know. Oh, yeah. really? And I ju- yes. Wow. I was going to drop out of school because of it. And my and my ER physicians and friends, they were just like, Doreen, you, you love taking care of people. You're yeah. an amazing person. You're wow. not. This woman's crazy. And so, so there's oh. other people in your life encouraging you, you to be yourself as well. Yeah. And so, has there any been a point where you felt like you're you're on this pursuit of helping people? This is your belief. This is your value in your life. Have you ever gotten to a point where you just felt like you weren't this and you were doing this all for nothing? 
some days you feel like that when people are, but people are mean and are on the kind of the days in between. Yeah, there's always days that you know you're going to have a patient that's just so ungrateful or hateful. People, people, some people are just nasty and they're mean, and that's part right. of. But you know, are they mean and nasty because they don't feel well, or are they mean and nasty because they're not getting what they want, or are they just being a nasty and just not nice people? There's a lot of yeah. people that are not nice in the world, and they people just think that uh, a lot of people just take people in healthcare like you this is your job you're supposed to take care of me you're supposed to right. do this for me but you know then people like that are just they they are who they are then there's a lot of them out there and they're always going to be out there but you just have to turn the other cheek and just say the majority of the patients i take care of the, uh, the like 90% of the people you take care of are good people that they want you to help them they want to feel better you know there's always going to be bad people in any anything and anywhere and those are the those are some days you just like you get down by something like that or someone says like you were mean or like a lot of people they they because of the way I talk and where I work like I have a very strong accent and they feel like if I'm like you have to start exercising and taking care of yourself so they they may take that as a bad thing that I'm yelling at them or she was mean to me she told me I had to exercise or something and because because of the way I talk so I'm like, you got to get up. You have to try to do like a 20-minute walk. You have to try to be healthy. So, I mean, because I care about people. I don't want to see you having a stroke and drop dead because you're not exercising. Right. Well, that's – I mean, Mom, I've seen you go back to this standpoint in your life of helping people and that becoming your art that you do in your life because we're a show that is designed – we're trying to help people understand that art isn't just one thing. It's we do this every day and that your art is helping people. And I've seen you help people. I mean, how long have you been in the healthcare setting helping people? How long has it been? 35 years. So 35 years you go in day and out. It's not an easy job, would you say? No, it's no, no it's, it's really complicated. But I job. always knew you were like that, Mike. Well, Mike, one, yeah. you want you always wanted to help people. Michael would come over from the bus and be like, "Somebody had a bloody nose, mom," and I went over there and I held their nose. Like, he dragged me across the park one time because some lady was sitting under a tree. He thought something was wrong with her. He's like, "Mom, you got to come over here. Something's wrong with this lady." <laughs> so I get over there, the woman's like sleeping. She's like, "Get away from me!" <laughs> That's right. I'm like, "Ma'am, the, are you okay?" <laughs> I was the original EMS. Yeah, he was. He was like always like the first one to. Try try to like put a band-aid on somebody or pinch a nosebleed off. He's like, I, 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 my mom taught me how to do this. Everybody yeah. get back. <laughs> you know, so honestly, I was thinking, of why did I get into medicine? Because I think my, my, my will to help people is definitely as strong as yours. But I think it comes out just a little differently. But I think I chose medicine is because to understand you better. And to uh, there's a language that you know really well. And I think I've decided, oh, I, you know, sub deep down, I got to learn medicine in order to communicate with my mom and understand what she's going through because, you know, you I, always love taking care. You but always I always love I always love medicine for yeah. sure. And I think I'm understanding that the medicine, I think I can help put people in different ways, but de- definitely medicine, you do, you do as well. But I think medicine was a language that I wanted to learn because you knew it really well. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, th- I think that because you always just say, I'm going to be a nurse, mom. I'm going to be a traveling yeah. nurse. Oh, I, I think that's what it was. And I'm so glad I did it because I I know medicine, which is the most invaluable thing I know. No, I'm a physician yeah. assistant um, by trade. But I think knowing it now, I, I wouldn't have done it any other different way. Oh, I was way. so proud of you when you went to medicine. I was like, oh, my son's going to medicine. But I was also proud of my daughter going into nursing. And my son, my other son is just like a major like blue collar worker, which is like my husband and my father and my family. Yeah, was, Jeff, Jeff is. Which is, is so respectful to smart me. Smart guy. 
And so I wanted to say, because I've, I've been in medicine, you've been in medicine for 35, I've been in, in it since I was 18, and so like some odd, like thir- 13, 14 years, but I think now I'm learning that medicine does a lot of things good, but we really fail in a lot of ways, especially when it comes into making it a better environment. And mm-hmm. I thought what you do really well is that you bring humor into medicine, and you're probably one of the funniest person I, per people I know, but I, I think you bring this element of humor in amongst of, you know, a really trauma, you know, ER setting where a lot of pain and a lot of suffering is happening. But humor does wonders in the medicine field. Yeah, it does. And I know my brother never understood when I would, you know, we would laugh and, you know, we're not we'd laughing about stuff, but, we, you know, sometimes you tell these stories. I mean, the, you're in the emergency room. Some stories are just hilarious and some stuff is just sad and heartbreaking. But, you know, you can't sit there and cry about everything that happens because, you know, you have to be able to be strong. And I think the way people in medicine that see stuff like that cope, they have to have a coping. You have to have some sort of coping mechanism well, to get through the hard. That's amazing. Times. And so for you, you, have you feel to. like horror humor has become this coping me- mechanism? Yeah, and some stuff is just beyond hilarious. I mean, you could literally yeah. laugh laugh about stuff and, and you could cry about stuff. And some, some things are just so funny. It's just like, Oh, is this is this okay, real? Well, is this you got Okay, well, tell us the funniest story. Oh no, I can't. I can't. Some stuff is I can't do. I don't know if I could talk about the funny stuff. There's so many stories of just like hilarious. I mean, we, we know we all know the story. At least I do. I've been I mean, every 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 dinner table mom would come home and tell us a story about somebody sticking something up their butt that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, oh, that's like another a story. That's classic, classic one. That's so a, that's an oldie but a goodie. And then there's also the one, you know, the, 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 the naked lady running through the hallway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that was always a fun story. But, I mean, the funny stories, I mean, do you have any? So those are off the table. Uh, I mean, do you have a funny story that, that comes to mind when you when you think about working in this ER setting for 35 years? I do, but if somebody... People are crazy. People yeah, are crazy. Yeah, some crazy People do stuff. some wild things. There was, uh, so I had one funny story. It was hilarious. But this man... Don't use too many. I mean, HIPAA exists, so don't use any too many identifiers. Don't say where it's at, but just say don't say gender. Just 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 give us the general outline of the story. All right. Well, some this person had like an abscess, an abscess around their anus. So I had to land it. Story right to the anus. A good story. Okay. Okay. So um. Anyway, so he put his penis in a sock. Oh my god. Because he didn't want me to see his private. So I go back in there to do the procedure and I start pulling on the sock. Oh, I'm like, oh my God, your sock is here. And I pull on his sock. Oh my. I pull on his sock and his penis is in the sock. <laughs> so his wife is sitting there with the, uh, the guy doesn't say nothing. And I'm tugging on this guy's penis, trying to pull the sock out of there. And I was like, what the heck is oh this? So his wife's sitting there with her hands over her face, and she's like, I told you that was a bad idea. So she says, my husband's just really modest. I'm like, and I'm like sitting there pulling on this guy's penis. Oh, my like, God. It was so funny. So I went out of the room, and I, I told, the, you know, I went back to the room where we did all our dictation. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. And so the physician goes in, because the, the physicians go and see the patients that we see in the ER. And he walked in and he goes, I heard my uh, nurse practitioner had some fun with you. Oh, <laughs> the guy's my. Like, the guy's like, oh, my God, he was so embarrassed. The guy was like, oh, so my. But I was like, it's okay to be embarrassed. But he just, but he put the, 
He picked the wrong thing because I'm like, why is this guy's sock in between his legs? You know, that is that is. A, I have, actually I haven't heard this one yet, yeah, and I think story. I think this is a that's a funny story. You walk into the room and he's naked with a sock over his no, penis, he was like covered under the sheets. And I went to go do the procedure, <laughs> and then you pull it down. You're like, why is the sock here? So I said, your sock is in. Oh my god! I stopped pulling on his sock. <laughs> was it the Hanes? What was it? Oh, I don't know. It was a white sock. I don't. It was, know a, it was a white Hanes. <laughs> that <laughs> it was is. A poor man. But I was like, I'm like pulling on. I'm like, what the the hell poor man. Wait, hold on, hold on. Your your perspective about all of this is the poor man. What about you? Who's pulling on a sock that that has his well, penis like, in it? Well, I mean, he was embarrassed, and he was trying to be, you know, he was really trying to hide himself, and he didn't realize that I was going to try to take the sock out. I was oh like, my! Because I went to go put a chuck underneath him because it was what was going to come out of his abscess was going to drain down his leg. So I was trying to get the sock out so it wouldn't get dirty. But he should have said, uh, he should have just said to me, I'm going to put, I'm just going to cover myself up here. I'm very, mo- you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm modest or whatever, you know, it would have been fine. That's hilarious. But, but that is the funniest story. His wife was just laughing hysterical. His wife was like, I don't know why, <laughs> why I told him it was a bad idea. The cl- oh, I love that. The classic yeah. sock over the penis story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Well, I hope he got his penis Issues resolved. Yeah, I think so. He was okay. just a poor okay, guy. Good. He was right, poor guy. If he ever heard the red. story, I hope he uh I hope he doesn't mind. But it is a funny story. Well we so, didn't say any names, so we didn't say any names. But I do think that humor is a really interesting concept and I love it. And you this is one thing I learned from you is how to be funny. And I've wondered now why is it that humor is funny? And I think is the reason why well humor actually has a lot of healing properties in itself. We now know that humor disengages fear what because it changes your perspective of the past and present so the present so what 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 I'm learning is that humor disengages fear because fear in order it to have control over our lives has to be we have to have a fixed mindset mm-hmm. so when we have a fixed mindset on something well then fear works within that realm but humor takes fear and it says nope we're not going to do it I'm laughing at this, and it puts it into the category of silly in our minds. And this is a process that comes natural for you because you're neutral, super, super funny. I think it comes natural for me too. But a lot of people, humor isn't something that's natural to them, but it actually is such a, a needed thing. So I, honestly, that's where I find art comes in for me in this realm is using humor to allow someone to not be afraid. And I think that's why it works so well in the medicine world because – you bring in this element of humor. Everybody's a little scared in the med- med- in the mm-hmm. hospital setting. I love do this in my practice too. Is just be just to add a little a little lightness to the situation. Yeah. Hey, what you do know, you think one about time that? I did a, um, this woman came in. She was so nice, and she did a break. She broke her. I think it was something in her foot. So anyway, so she's like, I said, well now you get. I said, lucky you, you're gonna get out of cleaning the dishes, this, that, and the other. She goes, that's never gonna happen. I said, well, I'm gonna write you a note. So I wrote her a note to her family. I said, patient has to elevate a leg. Everybody has to cater to her. No dishes, no cleaning the house. <laughs> I wrote all this stuff. They had to make her breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and bring her snacks. And she had, they had to provide it with a little bell so she could ring it so everybody could come help her. And I wrote all this in the note for her to go home with. And she was just so thankful. And she was like, this is, this is, even though my foot's broken, it was, you know, this is so fun. And I think she was really appreciative of it, you know, just to have that extra little humor into her day, even though she had a broken foot. That's, and, I mean, and honestly, but, but that's, into happy things with people. there are, it's and, and, and it's important to do that. Yeah, and I think, to. I don't think it's people, important to laugh, sick. Yeah, but it's, but you laugh, you're the, you're everyone else, uh, uh, everyone who meets me always goes, Mike, you're so, you laugh all the time. Does, do you laugh all the time? I, I laugh all the time. 
Like I find something that I just do not yeah, know about, and it yeah. just makes me laugh. I love laughing. But you love you love yeah, laughing I laugh, too. I laugh a lot. So I think we can play a game. <laughs> it's called the Ha Game. You ever play this? H A exclamation point. Okay. Ha game. Okay. Basically, I start off saying ha, you say ha, and then I say two ha's, then you say three ha's. Okay. And the goal is whoever laughs okay. loses. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Ha. Ha. Gotta say it twice. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. 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 Ha ha
I think I what I think I felt that from you. I think you there was a time where you were a little more scared to give us yeah, things, like, but then why can't we do that? I said because this could happen. Right, but then there's other times that I think we have come together on some things, and you know, you given we did have four wheelers, we did have some stupid, yeah. I did some stupid stuff. Yeah, but I mean, mom, yeah. I I think that's a really car, good advice. Lodging the car in our own driveway between two trees. Okay, stop telling <laughs> stories. <laughs> you already gave one. the nipple but, story away. But we took we got the tree down. And we Why were, nipple we teach you how story? To drive better. That's so awesome. yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's so tell me. Story. It's a good story. And, you know, the story to the nipple story is because I wanted to get snake bites, which is two piercings on the lower lip that are one on the left side, one on the right side. And you, for some reason, just didn't want to get me something on my face, which is I I thank you for. And uh, you're like, nope, but we could do your nipples if you wanted. Or I was like, my nipples. Somehow somehow nipple came up. I said, go ahead. Nothing and so, I, and I was like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, let's go right now." And I go, "What?" She goes, "Yeah, let's get in the car and let's go to the mall because that's where you got your nipples pierced—is the mall." And uh, and and you go get your nipples pierced. And I was like, "I don't want to do this now." And you were like, "It was actually a very, very enriching experience because I was like laying on the table and I was like." I don't think I want this, <laughs> but I somehow I've convinced myself that this is the answer and I got to get it because the guy is like inches with the needle in my nipple and then it went through and I was like, why did I just do this? <laughs> and I was like, this is, and my mom is like, Whoa, woo! <laughs> like in the corner, just like rooting on the situation. And uh, the whole time is just was like, I was like, man, my mom is the best. Because I don't think any many moms would just watch their son just get a nipple pierced in front of them. Yeah. Well, and I was way too, I don't think I was way too young. I don't think I was. You were young. Yeah, I think I was young. And so that's the great thing. It's seeing, so the the thing I heard was that you you see what the child is showing you. You see who they are, and then you cultivate that in them, and you let them be that, but with some restrictions. Yeah, That's a scary, it must be really scary. Yeah, it's very hard raising children. It's very hard then to go through all different stages and ages and, you know. Yeah, oh, it's just, and you've it's been there and you know yeah. what that feels like. Yeah. And I know we're all getting older and there's some things that, you know, there's just things that come up. And so. And every age is different, too. I every, mean, every age is different. The, grow, the, the terrible twos and then they're five and six and they're going off to school and then they're becoming teenagers and puberty and then adulthood and then driving and weddings and marriages it goes on and on and on and you just always have to be just be there and be supportive and be an ear and give advice um and just love them unconditionally i think that's the biggest thing that's amazing well mom i think we'll wrap with this uh this has been a joy uh, hopefully we can come on this would be a regular segment or something but i <laughs> won't post this without your permission um but anyways i truly love you and this is for 10 years from now when we I don't know. I have nothing else to do. We can pull out the podcast. Yeah. And we can listen to the stories that have helped us get to where we are. And we can start sharing those to my kids. Yeah. And you never know. Oh, I love oh, you. I love you. Love you. Thank All right. You. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I really appreciate it. That was uh, one of my favorite interviews I've ever had. Definitely laughed and cried 
the whole time. So I hope that you made you laugh and made you cry. You know, all the feelings there. Also want to direct you to our email. So if you have any questions or want to send any feedback or have any interview ideas, send those over to now that's art podgmail.com. That'd be much appreciative. And then also give us a rating on anywhere you're listening to this. Again, it really does help a lot for, you know, whatever algorithm we're on for something. So thanks so much and see you in two weeks.